0: Aviation safety depends on minimizing error in all facets of the system. While the role of human errors has received much emphasis, recently more attention has been directed towards reducing human error in maintenance and inspection. This is Human Errors in Maintenance.
1: Ooh, Human Errors in Maintenance, eh? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Canudian today. So... Aviation, maintenance, and inspection, as we all know, part of a complex organization where individuals perform varied tasks in an environment with time pressures, sparse feedback, and sometimes difficult ambient conditions. What does that mean to us in layman's terms? Uh, do it faster. Get it done now. I don't care if you don't have all the right stuff. Make it work. And also, it's raining outside. Bye. You yeah, know?
0: <laughs> have a great time, everybody. <laughs> have a great time. You, you, you know um we we hear this this subject quite a lot, especially with human factors like what are the things that cause aviation to fail, what causes airplanes to break, what causes incidents and what causes the people to want to leave their jobs? In a nutshell, it is exactly this. It's the human error part or the human factors part I would say. and there's ditties all over the place as to what they are and how do we mitigate them, how do we air quote safety net them? but when everything has a timeline and everything has a must do attitude, a lot of those things go out the door pretty fast.
1: Yeah. Everybody, everybody kind of, uh, leans away from the safety quality and security of doing their job, uh, per the manual, doing it the right way and cut corners. And oftentimes those corners lead to, uh, lead to incident. Um, Just for example, right? The FAA uh, reported, and this is back in, back in the nineties, I think it is, but uh, there was a continental express aircraft, uh, where the, um, uh, what was it? They had the, they forgot to replace the screws in, I think it was a, uh, stabilizer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And Due to time constraints and whatever else, ah, they look good. Yeah, they're supposed to be replaced at this interval, but, but ah, cut corners, save money, you know, all those, all those things, and, um, and the leading edge separated in flight, and it caused 14 fatalities. Jesus. So, so just simply ignoring screws that eh, they look good, right? They sh- they should be fine, and look what happened. Yeah, you know, so lots of negative lots of negative uh negative repercussions for uh something so small as a screw, right?
0: Right. And and that's like the the biggest, most critical part of it all, right? And and it also has the little things as well, like uh errors in maintenance, errors in inspection, errors in documentation that can at minimum like have delays, uh, like say gate returns. If you're in the commercial areas, having to divert a flight, so you, so you can have the your passengers go to another plane, or something like that. Something small and minor that can easily have been fixed if you just give it that little extra diligence, that little extra care, can lead to uh, can have such profound effects. From a miss uh, missing the flight, having to double back and do the maintenance again. I'm sure we've all had to do that before or something as severe as a fatality crash.
1: All all God God forbid. I hope none of us, none of us ever get involved in one of those investigations. Oh, I can believe
0: man. Like, uh, I can't remember the last time I've witnessed an NTSB inspection. They tore through our asses fucking hard, you know, and you guys being the technician or the inspector or whoever it was that released that plane for flight. You're getting your whole livelihood question, you know, like they're asking you shit like about your past, about what your mindset was and doing the whole job from start to finish. And you're having to recall all this however long ago the inspection was. So like, uh, where were you when you did this? What happened here? Uh, What were your your 12 step process and all kinds of shit like fuck?
1: Oh, I know. Like they make you feel like a criminal, even though, you know, Okay, what happened? Uh, This aircraft. Uh, had such and such issue uh because of a failure in this system and you're and you're going well i didn't even touch that system uh i worked on this part of the system but and that's true right and the two systems aren't even tied together but because your name is in that logbook you're now under investigation because okay you worked on on tuesday on on the nav system but on wednesday another vendor worked on the hydro system which is where the failure was caused, but your name was in there within a 24 hour period, you know, before or after. And now you're under investigation and you're, and so they start going through your head, like, like you said, six and asking the 12 step process and everything else and going, well, this and that and what the other, and you're like, I know those systems aren't tied together, but they make you feel and you start questioning it. So then you pull open the manuals, right? And you're going, Oh my God, I just got to verify that these two aren't tied together, even though, you know, they're not tied together. There's no possible way they're tied together but they make you feel like it is. And they make you feel like, and they make you start second guessing all yeah. the choices and steps you made.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's exact. That's how we felt like, did I really do that? And then you start, you start trying to like rewind time or like to relive the situation, but your brain's already fucked up. So you can't tell if you really did it or not. If it's all made up or you're actually recollecting it, how it was. Now, fortunately, there's a lot of advancements with hardware, with software, with parts, and all this and that, where it can safety net a little bit, a little bit of these problems, right? The fail safe systems in certain um, compartments and certain aircraft parts and certain things, like say, like a, a rat for a commercial airline. It if the engine so happened to lose power for whatever instance, it has this little propeller thing that can kind of give it just a wee bit to. Get it home safely. Uh, Improve hardware, better software stuff, better maintenance equipment. That's a flash.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, Better maintenance equipment. What do you mean? What do you mean the equipment from 19 from Vietnam isn't sufficient to work in 2021? Right. What are you you saying to me, Six? Hmm?
0: Uh, Hmm? mm, You told mm. me to
1: spend money? You told me to spend money on the program? Nay says I Make (laughs) it work. Make it work, friend. (laughs) I'm not your friend, pal. (laughs) But... (laughs) Not your pal guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but these little things, as as mitigating as they are, they can't eliminate everything. Because like all things fail safe, fail safes break. Or if you're not ma- they're not maintained properly, they break too. And it just compounds the problem. For instance, like putting nitrogen in an oxygen system.
1: Weird. Yeah, servicing servicing and, and for all those. I think we mentioned this before, but uh that's a very very real thing that happened within the last month um a, a technician um went and serviced the O2 system with nitrogen now many of you are saying well those fittings are two different sizes and even the threaded portions of the bottles where the gases are stored are different how did you how did they make that work oh with a complex series of unions elbows fittings and everything else like a Frankenstein to make it work. Somebody went and worked way harder at making the gauges fit to the wrong bottles as, as it would have been just to go service it. I I, it's, it's like, it's baffling to me, right? How that happens. I've serviced numerous nitrogen required uh, parts of an aircraft and I've serviced O2 many times over and it's unfathom unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Uh, to think that somebody could could do that, and to think it's okay, and then when it, when it was discovered and approached, their response was again, you know, air is air, is it? Is, <laughs> is it, it now? now? Is it now? <laughs> we'll go I'm take no a scientist. deep breath of that nitrogen. Go go inhale that shit. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't make sense. It uh, to do that, and then and then fast forward to just a few days ago, the same individual went to service engine oil. But there's an engine break-in oil, and then there's the standard, which is not for flight, and then there's the standard, uh, whatever manufacturer calls out, you know, engine oil for normal operations, flight, whatever. And again, this person was caught, hey, where are you going with the engine break-in oil? We got nothing. We're working on that right now. Oh, I'm just going to go service this aircraft. Why with the engine break-in oil? "Um, Well, it just needs oil. It's low. You, you you can't mix the two, and this isn't for flight. It even says it right here on the on the bottle and on the on the MSDS sheet. Yeah, but it'll be fine. What? No, it's, it won't be <laughs> fine. Like, <laughs> but what? the sad part is the sad part is is that this person's still employed. They've they've locked them to a desk and said, okay, uh, you're not going to do maintenance for a while because you're under under investigation. Air quotes and. And we're going to uh, just have you do computer work. That's not, that's not good enough though. The person's still employed. Like at this point, numerous lives could have been lost. Had this person been working by themselves yeah. and no one else in the area to question what they were doing.
0: Yeah. No shit.
1: I'm, imagine if they had came in on an overtime day or whatever else, and they're by themselves, who would have known who would have known that happened because the same individual, uh, wasn't filling out the logbooks either with the work they were doing. So there's no way to track it. Like how, how does that, it's insanity to me that, that, that employer would continue to retain that individual. I mean, it's such a massive liability. Yeah, I nice. think most people, if it was me running that shop, it'd be, I'd be going, you, 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 this is not, this is not acceptable. And if, and, and, and then reporting, taking their, their A&P number down and then reporting it to the FAA. Like it's, you're, you're a hazard, a hazard to the industry and society at this point. No kidding. Well, cause think about it, right? Let's say that they, 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 they serviced, let's go back to the, to the nitrogen and the O2 and the pilots go up and they're at altitude and they're going to take a hit of O2 and nothing. What the hell is this? This is, you know, this isn't right. And then they pass out and then that plane crashes into downtown wherever taking out not only the air crew but numerous other civilians with it like you know it just it compounds from there what the hell is happening why why this why would you continue to employ this person what what value added are they at this point they've proven themselves twice incapable of yeah. following following maintenance manual direction and even common sense right I, I hate to use the common sense thing because if feels common everyone would have it but but hell the bottle stated o2 and nitrogen and then for the oil scenario the bottle stated for ground runs only not for flight I don't yeah. know what else you got it like what else what else can I do
0: yeah I've been, I've had engineering controls I have administrative controls the only thing that's literally stopping you is the fact that you don't give a fuck and you did it anyway. Uh, we had a listener. Matter of fact, he sent a message to us uh, after listening to our episode about the whole nitrogen oxygen thing. And he says he's heard, had numerous occasions from a shift turnover where individuals were putting Skydrol in the engine oil system. Fucking Skydrol, Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm like, how? <laughs> how?
1: <laughs> yeah. How? I mean, what? Why? Uh, uh, was this? Was this? Was, uh, I mean, the Skydrol. First of all, won't mix with the engine engine oil, but two, it's going to eat every seal in that oil system out. Yeah, yeah, it's going to deteriorate them, and they're going to have piss piss oil everywhere, and then loss of oil, and then motor seizure, and then fire, and then you know, certain and impending death. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, and so I didn't he see uh, that. Uh, where, where did they say where that was at? Uh
0: I don't know. Uh I just remember the listener uh sent that message and I'm like as soon as he said drill oil system like my brain just like you ever had something so traumatic happen and you
1: just blank everything after that? <laughs> yeah, like a computer when it gets the blue screen of death like yeah. that's what happened to me just now. I couldn't compute. Yeah, literally that was me. Like holy shit. Okay, drill in the oil system. Okay, so for 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 reference And it's for, happened multiple times.
0: Yeah. And that's what he said. I'm like how how? Like please tell me they got fired. At least. Give me that. Like yeah, these guys make are never me feel working. I not about myself. Yeah. So for those who've never heard of either of these terms, like Skydroll and whatever, imagine putting gasoline in your engine oil tank. That's more or less what the hell you're doing. <laughs> so it, it's yeah, just, I, it, it's so uh, it's out of control. It it blows my mind that someone even thought that was a smart thing to do. And again, going back to what we were saying about these technological advances, air quote technology technological advances, is we get complacent about that these things will catch our ups. But again, these fail safes are ran by other humans who are who air quote know what the fuck they're doing, and we just got to take that as is. I'm like, uh. so the role in any human error, in any accident, incident, or job, is So fundamental that the slightest from the slightest, uh, fuck you, let's call it that can lead to such big shit.
1: It's just like, they don't care. Well, my task is to do this and I have to service a fluid to this or a gas to this. Mm -hmm. And I did my job. What else do you want? I mean, why are you mad? I did what you told me to I'm Like, yeah, but you didn't do it the right way. And it's like, they just don't. I don't know. It's just, it's just complete negligence is what it is. And, Mm -hmm. and then you hear, I never really understood why, you know, well, okay, I guess I understood, but people when they say, oh, I'm afraid to fly. Oh yeah. But it's safer than driving your car, you know, like the, the, the safety measures and standards put into place to keep an aircraft flight worthy is, are, are way higher than that of an automobile. But then you hear stories like these and you're going, I'm a little concerned about getting on that next air on the next flight, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Now, again, again, like this is like far right scenarios, far right, far left scenarios like these, they happen. But real
1: nonetheless.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these contribute to like, a- again, going back to the human side of things, like, like sometimes you got individuals who just straight negligent that think they know better. And then you have some individuals where they're just pressured into making these decisions or they're pressured into accepting these decisions and they just they they their concerns let's call it concerns just get washed over because we need to make this flight happen we need to make this revenue happen we need to make this operation happen etc 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 and uh if you didn't know better you would just take it as is right we it's part of the norm so no one, no one's there to tell you different. Like it's, right it's, nobody
1: but you're yeah, you, you got to be willing to question at some point going. You got to be willing to raise your hand, throw the flag and say, hey, uh, you said this, but uh, I have some concerns, you know, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to voice those concerns. So we've we've mentioned human error a couple of times in here, but I guess we really haven't defined what it is. So human error uh, has been characterized as any member of a set of human actions that exceeds some limit of acceptability. Any human action that, or inaction that exceeds the tolerances defined by the system with which the human interacts, the failure to achieve an intended outcome beyond the influence of random occurrence, a necessary outcome to allow humans to explore and understand systems and Derivative of operator's social experience of responsibility and values.
0: Ooh, I think that's the big one right there. The users uh or the operator's social experience of responsibility and value. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that that kind of puts that kind of puts everything into perspective, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: and, and think about if I think back to at least many of the incidents that I've seen that were involved human error, it was it was that. It was that one alone. You know, mm-hmm. that, that suggest you know, the, we go back to it, the, the, uh, derivative of operator social experience of responsibility and values, meaning that they just didn't care. Like, why'd you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like you just get your shoulder shrug and I don't know. And you're like, but, but why would you put Skydra on the oil? Uh, I don't know. I just, I guess I wasn't thinking clearly. Well, what were you working to? Like, you didn't have to think all you had to do is read, <laughs> read, <laughs> right? read the manual. And it would have told you like, what in your mind said, this is good for this. I I don't know. I, it, but, but that's been more often than not. People are just complacent, negligent, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. don't care. Doesn't directly affect them. They just wanted to get their job done so they can go home.
0: Yeah. And, and again, and again, it's either that or, you know, like the, Other humans like above them, they're pressuring down because I wanna look good, I wanna do this, I wanna assert that I am right. Uh there was this one um there was this one cartoon that um one of the good ladies from Dig Talk and Mimosas posted and it was something about a lion and a donkey. It was a donkey, a lion and a tiger. And um at the end of it all, the lion says to the tiger, like, some people are just more concerned about the victory of being right than actually being right. And I feel like this applies so hard into the aviation realm, especially because you could be completely in the right book. Like the books tell you you're right. Your manuals tell you you're right. Your specifications, your drawings, your your education and your morals tell you that this is right. And then someone else will fight tooth and nail against everything you're saying, even though it's proven, just because they want to be the last one to laugh.
1: Yeah, I have to have the last word. I know I'm wrong, but I will fight you to make you believe that I'm right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So so how do we respond to human error, right? Mm-hmm. Um, per the FAA, the single most important contribution of human error investigation methods, uh, both the HRA and human error classifications, is to emphasize that the goal of the investigation is not to attribute blame to but rather errors that are traced beyond the operators who committed it to identify uh predisposing characteristics of the environment and task so what does that mean right hey yeah you serviced the nitrogen with the uh the O2 with nitrogen okay you were wrong but the investigation shouldn't just end at okay we found it because this person did that that nope, investigation over no why did they do that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. let's dig deeper. Okay, did the manuals? Were the bottles not properly labeled? Were were gauges out of calibration? Was um, training inadequate? Uh, it'll go all the way back for that individual. it will go all the way back to who bought off your uh, hours, your certificate, your 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 recs or whatever to allow you to get this license. Who, who 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 approved you it'll go all the way back to that instructor and say oh okay let's look at him now oh man under this person he's he's bought off 15 people and of those 15 six have uh been under investigation for error wow what is this guy doing wrong you know like that that's how far the investigations go or or to the point of okay uh they ran out there and they did this this and that and they skipped changing the Uh, screws in the leading edge because uh, it was a snowstorm and the flight had two hours until it needed to take off before the snowstorm got worse to get this important individual off the ground to go to their next meeting or whatever else. You know what I mean? So we cut corners. Okay. Well then the investigation proves that uh, people are being dictated to do unsafe actions in the sake for the sake of saving time and money. Right. Those kind of things.
0: Yeah. Or, or you know, it could be one of those like unknown circumstances like uh, they didn't know it was wrong because it was behind like 50 different parts, which they would have to have removed in order to know that it was wrong. Like there was no indication whatsoever that it was wrong. Nothing um, would have prompted them to think otherwise. It just so happened to end that way. And that's kind of like the, the gray area of things, right? Because you don't know. And sometimes, like, you don't have much time to make that assessment, right? Like, mm-hmm. if if you're saying, like, this, hot, this plane needs to turn around and fly again in the next 30 minutes, you're not going to do an in-depth inspection in 30 minutes and finish it off and button it up and sign it off good and all this other stuff. So you're going to do whatever local procedure you guys have for um, a turnaround or a through flight just try to hit the wickets of what is an obvious sign of a defect and then move on. And then, but you know, hindsight, let's say something did a bad happen after that through flight, they're going to start saying, why didn't you look at this? Why didn't you look at that? And then you're sitting there like in, in what time zone, what could I have done this in the, in the manner it would have taken to have this thing fly. Right. And
1: yeah, you're wanting me to do a complete airframe engine, uh, you know, annual inspection in the time the aircraft, stops at the gate to the time it takes off 30 minutes later, like impossible and implausible.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you will have some individuals, right? That will say, well, you should have just delayed that flight because you would have, um, you, you could have done your inspection better. True. But prior to that, at, say, let's assume this hypothetical incident prior to that incident, there was no indication that I would have need needed to. It just said, Hey, planes coming in, needs a through flight and get off. It goes. And then, so here's your checklist of whatever you have to do for a a between flight inspection. Yeah, like, through flight, yeah. It's like maybe like 15, 15, 20 minutes worth of an inspection, not including the write ups. And you, you, you did what your you did your due diligence. You check mark all the the bare minimums per the checklist because that's what everybody says. Like if you just do the bare minimums on the manual, you can't go wrong. Until there's an incident, and then they start saying like, "Why didn't you look at this? Your experience should have told you that," etc., etc., etc. I'm like, but I'm according to whatever the manual said, I'm absolutely right. So there's that side of the human factors part, but there there's a ditty for every industry as to what um, sort of hotspots, I guess you could call it, for human factors, like say uh, distraction. Uh, lack of knowledge, which is we, we've been tapping like quite a bit in the last five minutes. Um, lack of assertiveness. Um, fuck. The norm, <laughs> you know, there, we can go on on just that alone. But all these, they, they, they add up when it comes to something as fast paced as an aviation realm or an aviation industry, I should say.
1: Right. So... Reading, reading through um, reading through some more of this uh, document here, um, there's a section called Aviation Maintenance Tasks and Environments. Um, aviation maintenance and inspection tasks occur within the larger context of organizational and physical environmental factors. A system model of aviation maintenance and inspection defines four interacting components in the system, operators, equipment, documentation, and tasks and suggest that these components interact over time as well as within both physical and social or organizational environments. Um, so, so kind of that kind of defines what we've been talking about, right? There's, Mm -hmm. it's not just, it's not just somebody's negligence and other things. There's all these outside factors and it mentioned they're organizational, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we've had many conversations both on this, on this podcast and, and, you know, offline between six and I, but so many times, um, from the company level, things are directed due to money, right? Everything is driven by money. And I know what a lot of people are saying, well, it shouldn't be the quality, the safety aspects of aviation should not be affected at all by schedules and by, um, frames and everything else. But it is because an aircraft doesn't make money. A company doesn't make money uh, when the aircraft's sitting on the ground it just no. doesn't I, I don't care what you're what you're talking about it could be even um, a flight school right where mm-hmm. it's training uh up and coming pilots well those aircraft aren't making money at those flight schools while that aircraft's parked on the ramp it's just not happening because nobody's renting it nobody's paying fuel to go into it nobody's doing these things um look at the airliners right That if those aircraft are just sitting on the on the back 40. Uh, at the local airfield um they're they're just gigantic paperweights nobody's buying tickets to ride on them nobody's putting fuel in them nobody's uh putting snacks and drinks and all these other things nobody's paying pilots like they just the aircraft doesn't make money when it's sitting on the ground and so so i think a lot of root cause investigation could come back and say okay well yeah we skipped a few steps in order to shave um 10 days off of this inspection in order to get that aircraft back into the fleet and back in the air. Yep. yep. And, and with that, right. I see that even now I see that even now I've, I'm involved even with some of those decision makings now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself am guilty of not following uh, processes and procedures to the T uh, due to mission requirements. Right. And so So is that wrong? You bet your ass it's wrong, but you also have to think about, um, if that aircraft's not making money, the company's not making money. Therefore I, I don't get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, you have to do an on the spot risk assessment within your head as to, okay, do I, should I down the aircraft for this item? Okay. If I do that, we risk the, uh, there's the potential that we could lose the mission. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, well, what am I going to get chewed out less for? Because I opted to overlook, uh, because I opted not to um, impound for this one specific small piece where, from my perspective, it would have never made its way inside the inlet or exhaust of the aircraft or into any area of the aircraft that would have caused uh, damage, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and with that also, okay, well, let's just say that component made it into the inlet. What are the chances that this small plastic piece would, would fought out the motor and cause catastrophic failure? Next to none. I watched whole birds go through these motors and the, and it didn't even hiccup. (laughs) There was (laughs) no indication, nothing that a bird was ingested until the post-flight inspection. Like, holy shit, there's a bunch of blood and guts over all over this thing. Right. So, so, okay. On the other end, okay. Let's say I choose to, because the book says, and that's the right thing to do is to follow process procedure. Okay. Well, we missed the mission. Okay. Well, that was the, uh, a big revenue flight. Uh, we, we could have made a lot of money. The company could have made a lot of money if that flight had happened, but it didn't happen. So now the customer's, uh, very upset. Uh, Because they spent a lot of money for no. um, For no reward. Yeah. You know, and so now there's negative repercussions. And now that customer could say, "Okay, I'm going to take my business elsewhere because it's obvious that you guys aren't capable of uh, meeting our needs. And so it just rolls downhill from there. So you have to you have to take those. Take those scenarios and and. To sort of do an on-the-spot risk assessment and determine what's what's acceptable and what's not, and and now I'm not telling any of our listeners and any any uh, aviation maintenance specialist out there who's certified and everything else to to look the other way on certain things just so the mission can get off. I am not saying that at all. You just have to weigh out the pros and cons and determine the severity of the situation. Okay. Um, You know, we got, uh, we got, uh, let's just say a static wick that's a a little worn out. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you have to have all, you know, all, you know, have to have static wicks Uh, should be all fully functional prior to flight, but check the MEL list. Are we allowed to fly with one or two, you know, missing or, or, or not fully 100% serviceable, or is it a hard downing item, right? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, what's the consequence if I don't replace that? Oh, what if we get hit by lightning, this and that and the other? And then it fries electronics and static, which couldn't dissipate the electricity properly. I, I don't know. Y- there's a lot of factors that go into, it, right? So, and so as part of that human factor is, is the decision-making side of it. So I just wanted to bring that to light so everyone knows that um, it's it's sometimes not so cut and dry when we think it should be.
0: Right. And and, exa- and the, that that brings up a very good point. Like some systems, especially like the organization systems, there's a lot of convoluted steps. Let's call it that in some areas, some more than others. But like there's so many steps that you have to go through. And there's a lot of people touching these that need their past goal mark or past goal stamp for you to move on to the next step. Right. So it gets real easy to overlook certain things, especially when there's so many steps and it's not an, it's very easy to overlook if something hasn't been done or not. Like example, like say um, a seat, for instance, has like 14 or so locking mechanisms on it. If one of them, one out of the 14 wasn't locked all the way, would you miss it? Chances are yes. Damn. Or another example is, um, I want to say this was in the 90s again, where like, um an accident with a faulty maintenance action, they didn't see the the result of that faulty problem until like 18 months later. Right? So like, yeah, it, it's one of those issues where like, it just builds over time and you never would have known it was there until it actually happens. And then you have to trace back to when it actually did occur and you find out, oh, by the way, it was 18 months ago. So like, it's, Real easy to miss certain of these steps and it's and if you haven't had the the on the spot risk assessment to see like, okay, what's the issue or what's the the likelihood of this becoming a problem, then everyone just kind of glosses it over and then they don't document it, they don't uh bring up they don't um do some kind of way to highlight that hey, this has happened, it's fine, but just letting you know it happened. That kind of goes into the MEL list you just mentioned. Or some organizations call it, um, what's it called? The, the delayed actions list or delayed maintenance actions list. Like it's there, mm-hmm. it's bad, but it's not terrible.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cause as we know, most, most aircraft, in fact, yeah, most aircraft are, are, are redundancy, right? They have redundant mm-hmm. systems just for that. So if something fails in flight, it's not catastrophic, you know, not mm-hmm. like your car where like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to pull over to the side of the road and call AAA. this one's uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna full speed it to the ground and call the FAA. You know, it's, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen. Um, but we keep, you know, we've talked about it and we've brought up some some instances, and they were from the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fortunate side for for all of us who fly, who work on these things, uh, we all have uh, integrity. Majority of us have integrity, and we care about what we do. And we care about the quality of work we do. And especially when we're signing our name to the work we're doing right when we when somebody looks in the logbook, I want them to see my name and go, oh, I know that I know that was done right. They just by my name. Right. I've built that reputation of doing quality work. Yep. Um, um, so the good side of that is because there's uh, an abundance of, of like minded people throughout the world, uh, aircraft are, are pretty safe to fly on. Um, and that's why it's so few and far between. Thank God. Uh, between incidents, um, uh, you know, in aviation caused by maintenance. Right. Um, but here's an interesting part of this article as well. Um, it's effects of maintenance errors on aircraft equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, uh, several studies have identified the most common immediate effects of human error in aviation maintenance. A major airline shows the distribution of 122 maintenance errors over a period of three years to be omissions at 56%, incorrect installations, 30%, wrong parts at 8%, and then other at 6%. I'm kind of curious what the uh, other is, but the <laughs> um, a three-year study by the Civilian Aviation Authority, CAA, found that eight most common maintenance errors to be incorrect installation of components. The fitting of wrong parts, electrical wiring discrepancies, including cross connections, loose objects, tools, etc., FOD, essentially, uh, left in the aircraft, inadequate lubrication, uh, cowlings, so I guess cowlings maybe not being fully secured. Yeah. Uh, access panels and fairings. Oh, yeah, that's what it says. Cowlings, access fairings, and uh, panels not secured fuel caps and refuel panels not secured and landing gear ground lock pins not removed uh, before departure.
0: Ooh. Interesting. Now, I've seen the, I've seen ones were like that where the, the ground lock pins were not installed and it was on the ground. So they went to go do a gear swing and the whole freaking aircraft just crashed on its belly. That was a fun time. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen similar things like that too. Uh, I saw one where they forgot to take out the, on one of the cessna i think it's a citation sovereign Mm -hmm. there's a uh, pin in the nose that goes in the nose gear yep um that'll prevent you from steering the aircraft uh with a tiller wheel up in the cockpit so you don't use the rudder pedals on that you use the uh, it's called a tiller wheel to steer it while on the ground uh, and taxiing around and so i've seen where somebody taxied into uh, the grass area no no real significant damage just got a tug and pushed it back back onto the tarmac but um they forgot to take out that that pin out of the nose gear so when they went the taxi went to turn they were getting uh no turn and they just kind of kind of floated to wherever the nose gear was pointed which was straight ahead but <laughs> oh my god thankfully there was no other thankfully there was no other aircraft in front of them you know what i mean now why they didn't hit the brakes and stop i don't know i guess panic ensued and i couldn't figure out why but, yeah um I thought that was was one of the instances I saw of a gear pin situation.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about that when you mentioned about the top percentage of errors, which is omissions. You said, what, 56%? Yep. So so 56% of omissions. What that tells me is they see the problem and they don't write it up. Or they see the problem, they write it up, and then they downgrade it because they didn't feel it was that big of an issue. And And it wasn't
1: that severe to them.
0: So, I mean, this kind of goes into, like, that whole risk assessment thing. Like, do we really need to do this? Or should we have this as a downing condition? And I've seen instances of both. Like, uh, they would write up a, a test flight as a, as a downing condition. Like, but then how is it going to fly if we have to do a test flight? That makes no fucking sense. Or vice versa, where they see, like, a an oil filter clog indicator, it pops and instead of cleaning it because we don't have air enough filters or whatever the in case may be, we just reset the, the, the clog filter indicator and just let it keep riding and just ride it, ride it, ride it until either the filter shits itself or the air, the oil is so dirty that it, it produce, it over pressurizes itself and bursts the freaking filter.
1: <laughs> Holy shit. Well, to tie in with that then, right? Okay, so uh in flight shut, engine shutdowns on Boeing seven forty sevens in nineteen ninety one were due to the following human errors in order of occurrence uh in order of occurrence frequency. And this is um Pratt and Whitney uh put this numbers put this information out there. All right, so in order of frequency, engine shutdowns in uh in flight in Boeing seven forty sevens in nineteen ninety one. Boy, nineteen ninety one was a bad year to riding one of those things huh no shit so so missing or incorrect parts incorrect installation of parts or use of worn deteriorated parts which is kind of what you were talking about like oh we don't have these don't have these filters so this is blow them out some air uh and some alcohol and then move on with our lives let it ride (laughs) yep uh careless installation of o-rings i have seen this on numerous engines especially in piston engines uh people rolling push rod tube O-rings and it just rolled a little bit and those things will, will dump oil. Like it's like, it's going out of style. And then we had one that was so severe that it, it locked up the crankshaft. Right. Oh. And then it, and then it snapped the connecting rods to the pist, uh, to the pistons and punched holes through the top of the engine block. Uh, I mean a hole, like you could fit like a baseball through, through the top hmm. of the engine block. Cause it snapped the tie rods and punched them straight through the top. Jesus. Of that uh, of the engine case. It was crazy. Uh we were able to save it though. We dead they dead sticked it back into the uh back into the airfield.
0: Hey, kudos to them on that one. But still mm-hmm. holy
1: shit. Uh next is uh B nuts not safety wired. Oh my god. Uh nuts tightened but not torqued or over torqued.
0: Over torqued. Seals
1: Yeah, over torqued. Yeah, so maybe they must have you know, gave it a little too much Guten Tight. And then, uh, and then maybe either crack the, crack the line, which I've seen in a recent situation too, or they crease the line, putting a, a, a stress part on it. And then over time that uh, crease in the pipe, uh, you know, work hardened and gave way, Mm -hmm. um, seals over torqued, not loosening both ends of connecting tube replacement, replacement tube assembly without first breaking connections between matching parts. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. Not tightening or replacing oil tank caps, I have seen that on more than one occasion too. Uh mm-hmm. as being and it like man, on some of those Pratt and Whitney motors, mm-hmm. uh if you don't put the cap on right. So we always buy we always train that you put the cap on to where the tab pushes down like aft. Right. So it's it's with the flow of air, so if that service panel comes off and the wind catches that uh cap it won't lift the latch and pull pop it off just another way to minimize it right right um but if those caps come off it almost siphons oil out of the service port like mm-hmm. the airflow over it it's 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 crazy i didn't think that could happen but it siphons the oil from the top hmm um and thereby you losing your all your oil
0: <laughs>
1: hmm mm-hmm. um not cleaning or tightening cannon plugs yeah i've seen issues come up with that too you just pull it off and hit it with some how many times have you done that? Pulled a cannon. We well, were having this electric connector. Oh, I'm well, see something here real quick. First thing you do is pull the cannon plug off, hit it with some contact cleaner and reapply it and run the ops check and see what happens. Right. Um. Oh my God. I can't believe this is one of the things that we were tying in from one of our, uh, one of our listeners. Uh. Yeah. Well, another one's dropping foreign objects into engines, but allowing water in fuel, allowing sky draw and oil system. Oh my God! <laughs> wow, even that was a that was an issue in 1991. There you go, holy man. holy shit! You, How was that happening? You're,
0: listener, if you're listening, see that it's on. <laughs> you're, you're famous. It's on an re- article. <laughs> That's, oh my God, that is so, crazy. So, go, going a little bit about the uh, over torquing nuts thing, uh, I think I mentioned this in our one of our first ever episodes. So, helicopters have this link. That ties the transmission to the rest of the aircraft. It's called a lift link, and this is basically like your wish the the probably one of the most essential components in the entire air, uh, aircraft. So somehow along the line, someone uh, over torqued the castellated nut on this lift link, and this aircraft was doing like a two hour flight uh from San Diego to up by um, up by San Bernardino County, and the 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 castellated nut was so tight that it wore through the the lift link as it's bouncing up and down and it cracked um from the transmission part. So the transmission is basically not connected to the aircraft at uh at this at this point. And the only thing that's holding it in to keep it from flying completely out of the aircraft was the the access cowlings just above it that's the only thing that was keeping that transmission from just flying separate of the aircraft and that's what was keeping the aircraft in the air holy wow. shit holy shit i could imagine like being the aircrew in that plane and you're just flying along thing everything is uh, gravy and you hear this loud pop and then you just sink it's probably like the worst sinking feeling you could probably ever receive in your life the worst roller coaster feeling you could ever receive in your life and just i could imagine like I would never fly again at that point. <laughs> I mean, if I felt that, but, well,
1: I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think about the, like when you're riding on a roller coaster or even in a car and you go over a bump and your stomach drops all of a sudden, because of a sudden dip. hmm. Um, think about that. But from 15,000 feet. Yeah. Or whatever. In a Hilo, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> That's oh funny. My God, I, well, and you know, our, our former, uh, our former boss, he, um, when he was in the Marines, he was in a helo crash. And I, I can't remember what the failure was, but they, they fell. Uh, I can't remember how many thousands of feet they fell out of the sky into the desert. But they, he said they hit the ground so hard, his teeth smashed together and shattered his teeth, which is why he had fake teeth on top and bottom. Remember that? Yeah. He was telling us about that one day, and I was just like, oh, my God, I had no idea. Yeah. He survived. But... Imagine hitting the ground so hard that your teeth smash together to the point where they crack and shatter. No I couldn't sh- imagine that. That no had to be some shit. of the worst pain ever.
0: <laughs> no kidding. But I think at that point, you know, you just be happy you walked away, you know? Like <laughs> I mean, if yeah, you at did that walk point away, the
1: adrenaline's probably hitting and you're you're going, I can't believe I'm still alive, right? Uh
0: wow. but yeah, going back to the sky drone and the oil system. God bless. And this is this so this must be a very common trend and I don't
1: Why is it a common trend? That's what I I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 finding that very hard to fathom or to stomach because they're not even like the same can,
1: (laughs) you know. No, they're they're very different looking, very different looking cans. Now they do have quartz size Skydrill cans, Mm -hmm. but still, one is purple and white and says (laughs) Skydrill. And one is green and white and says BP, or blue and white and says Mobile, or whatever else is out there, right? Mm, I just, what?
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> I can't, I can't even. My my brain is not processing this. <laughs> oh
1: my god! Wow. the
0: and and this is stuff
1: that's that's been uh, public here. For like,
0: for, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry.
1: Well, it's from 1991. Yeah, I mean that was that was a one of the main causes of engine. Failure in flight in 1991. So back in 1991,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that was what 30 years ago. Fuck, 91, 01, 11, Yeah, yeah, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, this was a problem.
0: And and that's and, uh,
1: that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm mind blown about this. Jesus. But but you uh, know, like we hear we hear all this stuff a lot, right? Like especially in safety briefs and dirty dozen briefs and. All kinds of stuff where it says, hey, your job and your decisions matter. And then you'll get those individuals who just like feel like they've done seen it all and they've done survived it all. I call that like survivorship bias where like they feel that just because they lived through it, that they have this some sort of immortality that they know where all the problems exist. If that makes any sort of sense.
1: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, a little bit does. I don't know. Though I I kind of back to like, would I even fly again? You know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, the good part is, is like this happened like thirty some years ago, and for a lot of these accidents or incidents to happen thirty years later, you it's very, very few and far between. I mean, you still hear about them, but like, I'm, um, I mean, one incident out of, I don't know, five hundred flights, that's that's pretty decent if you ask me. Versus mm-hmm. versus, like say here in California, you turn on the the morning news, you will hear at least. Five accidents on the i-10 freeway at least five times a day
1: imagine if that was those were the same numbers for aircraft nobody'd fly Air, aviation wouldn't be a thing
0: yeah I was like no never again <laughs> but you, you you hear all these accidents uh just in california alone i can imagine what other states are like and people still drive cars
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's just it's crazy to me
0: and the crazy part is like some of these failures, they they break through engineered safety features. You know what I mean? And they break through engineered features. They break through administrative safety features. And it almost boils down to like, um, they they choose to be ignorant, or somebody who's who's telling them what to do chooses to be ignorant. And I'm just like, like the it, it says what it says. I mean, unless like the risk assessment is so minuscule that the chances of failure is like one in a couple thousand, then maybe. But other than that, like if it's a blatant failure and you know, everything in the world says this is bad to include the MEL, to include the MESUM or whatever matrix that tells you that we cannot fly with this and you still ignore it or you do some like out of sequence fix and an inspection, it's probably a good shady time, a good indicator that you're doing something wrong.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, it says there's two, let's see here. There are two, Let's see, uh, there are two fundamental methods for detecting errors in aviation. All right. Mm. The first detects human errors, uh, retroactively and is based on error reporting responses to system defined performance deviations.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: second there, the second reporting system, um, is a more conventional uh, sense. Um, but those residing, those uh, reports residing within airline companies and more formal regulatory reporting systems. Mm.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So, in other in other words, like don't be the one to be to don't be the lesson, and then if you see something, say something, you know. Yeah, and that,
1: learn from history, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that's more or less like learn from other people's mistakes because you may not be alive to make them again, and then. If you see a problem, at least say something. At the very least, say something. Um, I yeah, remember, yeah, like
1: I said in the and, beginning, don't be afraid to raise your hand. Yeah.
0: Uh, don't be the senior person with a secret. That's what it boils down to, if that makes any sort of sense to anyone out there. Like, if you see a problem, don't be the one to keep it in. Like, say something. And if someone overrules you and say, this is fine, this is great, this is within some kind of waiver authority or some shit, then hey, at least you said something. But... When right, something, but,
1: but then you also know you're also covered by the documentation in that point. Uh, right. If it isn't a, if it isn't a waiver system, right. Hell you might not have known a waiver system existed till you asked the question. Exactly. That happened to Me once I was like, like, Oh yeah, we got a whole book of waivers. What? And sure enough, it was a binder full of waivers.
0: <laughs> I remember this. I, I remember something similar like that in our, one of our previous jobs, like a whole like website full of, um, what the hell did they call it? We'll just call it waivers. But there was like a whole thing. Like when the fuck did this exist? <laughs> Cause here we are just pegging the same old shit. And you guys just like blow it off. Like I'm just being a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah. And sure enough, it's uh, it's known about, but, but yeah, that's the, that's the case. So these reports, like we said, the detection systems are only as good as the, the, those incidents that are reported. So see something, say something. Um, you know, don't be afraid to raise your hand. You might you might learn that there are waivers that exist or whatever else. But uh, you might have also um, pointed out a problem that that has been going on for a while, but nobody else said anything. And next thing you know, now there's all these uh, engineering memorandums or directives or or TCTOs or service bulletins coming out saying, oh, hold on. We got a we got a a, a problem throughout fleet wide, you know saving thousands of lives like you just you got to make sure you ask the question yeah
0: at least and at the very least like if you see a legitimate issue or a legitimate uh problem don't be afraid to assert yourself that it's wrong especially but of course do the research first that you know it's wrong that there's no waiver that there's no nothing it's no write-up there's no some there's no form of traceability that says it's, it's okay and this is the first time it's being discovered don't be don't be the one to not assert that hey this is a problem because when say let let's let's get dark here a little bit let's say this does turn into an incident or an accident where lives are lost and the investigation authorities come in to look they're going to point their fingers at you like why didn't you do anything to stop it or why didn't you do anything to push the issue to the people who needed to know and if you say like well I said I told them about it like but what else did you do it just turns into a he said, she said, and then you're the scapegoat all of a sudden.
1: Yeah. what's the, um, what's that old thing? Ignorance isn't, uh, doesn't absolve you from the law or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you can't just, if they come in like, oh, well I saw it, but I, I didn't know there was anything wrong with it. That's not, that's not a valid excuse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, what's it, eyes.
0: or what's it like, uh, uh, everyone told, or this is how we've always done it. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So you've always been wrong. Awesome, fantastic. Uh, so we're shutting down your entire operation here. Uh, none of you will ever work in aviation again. And uh, may God
1: have mercy on your
0: souls. All right, <laughs> I word you no points. <laughs> <laughs> A simple no go fuck yourself would have been great. Thanks for having listened to
1: your incoherent ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh man.
0: Oh man. Uh, final well, thoughts. final thoughts there, 6. Oh, okay. My final thoughts. Um well, like we're all human and we all make mistakes. The problem is you got you got to be able to acknowledge that you made them and hopefully not have it so bad where you you'll never make them again one way or another. If you see a problem, don't keep it to yourself. Say something, be assertive about it. Obviously, do some research before you say something about it because nothing turns someone off more than just just addressing a problem and not having any sort of facts to a back it up and ways to fix it uh you'll turn people off like like it's cool in that aspect and just realize that
1: that is is one of the biggest things that's how how, how i am if i bring something up and you're like i don't know just do it that way can you can you give me the reason why we're supposed to do that, that way other than just because you said so like I need something more than because when the F.A. comes and investigates me, I'm like, well, he said, and you're going to go, oh, I didn't sell you shit. Prove it. Yeah. You know, like I'm one of those like, OK, OK, I'll I'll comply. But I need something. A reason. Yeah. Give me something t- solid that I can sink my teeth into and use to my defense if I had to.
0: hmm. And because it's, that's going to have to go in your corrective action, too, whenever you do sign it off, like. Uh, signed off as complete because my boss told me to that will never fucking fly yeah, never
1: ever <laughs> ever ever
0: yeah uh part part 145 says i'm good to go so thumbs up <laughs> never fucking never well and
1: two all right my one of my favorite things to say is when somebody's like well just go ahead and buy just go ahead and do this don't worry about you can just skip that part of the inspection it, it's uh it's pointless anyway blah, blah blah okay great um who's signing this job off then and then bosses turn around and look at you. Well, you are. Well, I'm certainly not. You're, you're asking me to skip something that's clearly outlined in the manual for mm-hmm. this inspection. I am. So if you want to skip, yeah, that's, that's great. Um, who's signing off the inspection though? Yeah. Nobody. Oh, so, and, and every time it always comes back to you. So did you do the complete inspection? Sure did. Yep. Right. You just don't take it blindly. Uh, But they, but they, they, the reason they do that is because they've gotten away with that in the past, right? And they usually get it with new people when they're like, they're afraid they don't want to upset their boss. You know, they're trying to make a good name for themselves. They're just a yes man or a yes woman, like okay, yeah, it's fine, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, not a problem. Mm -hmm. Until they Mm -hmm. get some old salty crotchety sob like you and I, and you are like, what now? No, no, that's not happening today. I can tell you that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, final thoughts for you, friend.
1: Well, I think we've already touched on them. Um, see something, say something, uh, you know, might be, might be saving somebody's life. And I, I'll just leave it at that.
0: We'd like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to continue to make episodes, maintain our gear and create merch for all of our listeners with special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Ryan Freshour, Dan Schubert. Jenny Dignan, and the ladies of the Dick Talk and Mimosas podcast, thank you all so much for your support and patronage. Visit our shop at cancelformainness.com and grab some swag to show off both your support for us and your prowess as an aircraft technician. If you have ideas for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit our contact us section and send us a line. We will do what we can to get your ideas or yourself on the show. You can also follow us on social media such as on Facebook, at cancel for maintenance, Instagram at kanks that C A N X for Maintenance Podcast, or on Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Check out some of our affiliates like Rockwell Time, where they make both rugged and classy watches to fit your lifestyle. Use the code CX4MX and save 10% off your purchase. Support us on Patreon. Our patrons get exclusive perks such as access to our Discord, discounts and early access to merch special patron only episodes and so much more thank you again so much for listening and we see you next time